Good morning, and welcome to another edition of According to the Scriptures. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 and the verses 16, Paul tells the church, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. But he also tells the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 regarding the gospel, he says, if they remember it, they'll be saved by it. And in regards to it, allow me to pick up in verse number three, where he says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That's why in this broadcast, everything you hear will be according to the scriptures. My name is Mike Crosby. I'm the minister of the South Garland Church of Christ located in Garland, Texas, and I'm very blessed and honored to be joined today by Brother David McElwain, the very, very capable minister of the Downtown Church of Christ located in Cedar Hill, Texas. David, wonderful to have you here today. Thank you, Mike. It is good to be here, and I'm looking forward to being on the program with you. Thank you, sir. Now, we've got a very good topic today. Our topic is going to be coming from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 23, and allow me to read verses 40 through 43. The Bible says, and one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other one answering rebuked him, saying, dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Our topic today, Thief on the Cross Salvation. Thief on the Cross Salvation. You know, David, there are so many people... Who, uh, who want to be saved like that thief. They think that they can get back to a deathbed situation and just simply ask Jesus uh, to forgive them, remember him when he comes into his kingdom, which he already has, by the way. And, uh, you know, it's a sad thing when people try to use the thief's salvation as uh, justification for not obeying the clear and plain message that Jesus has already laid out in his word according to salvation. And on the judgment day, you know, it's amazing how some people may want to say, well, well, Jesus, what about that thief on the cross? What do you think? That's true. And it's amazing how he is the one that always comes into the discussion. They do not take anyone else during the earthly life of Jesus who had died. Amen. And they, they always pick the thief on the cross because he's the last one. What most people do not realize or do not take into account is the fact that there are different ages or dispensations Amen. that man has been under from the Mosaic age or the patriarchal age and the Mosaic age mm -hmm. and the Christian age. And they always want to take <clears throat> things out of the Mosaic age, uh, <laughs> the thief on the cross being one of them and trying to bring it over into the Christian age. Yes, sir. And they forget some very important scriptures. Mm -hmm. And one of them is in Matthew chapter 9 and in verse 6. Mm-hmm. While Jesus was on the earth, he had the power to forgive sins. Yes, sir. And that's a part that they failed to realize that he demonstrated that while he was walking on this earth, that he had that authority, Amen. that power to be able to forgive a man's sins. Uh, and the thief would be one of those, the last one that we would see written for us in the scriptures. Amen. You know, also, speaking of the different ages, 
we notice that um, if Adam had the patriarchal age where God and Abraham, you know, God talked to Adam and Abraham because they were the heads of the family. And then when you bring about Moses, who led God's people out of, out of bondage uh, that they've been in for, you know, 400 years, and then God gives them law. And that law just didn't stop with the Ten Commandments. I mean, because remember when uh, there was a lawyer that came up to Jesus and said, you know, what is the greatest commandment or what is the great commandment? The two commandments that Jesus gave, one from Deuteronomy 6 and 5 and the other from Leviticus 19, 18, neither one of those were part of the ten. And Jesus said that these were the great and the, the, all the law and the prophets hang on these. And so anything that was written in the prophets and anything that was written in the law was considered part of the Mosaic dispensation. But now we come along and we see in, uh, the Bible tells us, if I, if I get there in time, Hebrews chapter 9. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we take a look at Hebrews 9, we, we see that the Bible tells us clearly that there is another testament. You know, we look at the Old Testament or the, the Old Covenant, but if we look at Hebrews 9 and, and verse number 17, well, let me start at 16. Uh, the Hebrew writer says, for where a testament is there must also of necessity be the death of a testator or the testator for a testament is a force after men are dead otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth and so while we look at the thief on the cross Jesus was still alive and as long as Jesus was quote alive in the flesh then the Old Testament hadn't passed he was still under the Old Testament or the, or the Mosaic law but when Jesus died, the Bible again tells us, looking at Colossians 2, beginning around 14, how he nailed that law to the cross. And so we are under a new law. Now, if somebody wants to be saved like the thief, they have to go back to that old dispensation, but they can't because it has been nailed to the cross. So uh, another, another thing that people need to look at is, who am I really loyal to? Am I loyal to the Lord or am I loyal to my own way of thinking? Uh, Jesus warned in Matthew 7, 21, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So whose law or whose, whose loyalty are they actually showing when they want to go back to the thief, David? And also love that Luke 6, 46. Mm-hmm. Jesus clearly states, why you, do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Amen. And going back a little bit uh, on back to the Hebrew writer, uh, both in chapter 8 uh, and chapter 9, it's mm -hmm. interesting that I hear people today who talk about they do not believe that the scriptures use the term New Testament and Old Testament or New Covenant and Old Covenant. Right. And I, I always ask, you know, have they read Hebrews? Uh, and over in Hebrews 9, you went to verse 16, back up to verse 15. Yes, sir. For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant. Amen. By the means of death. Uh, he's the one that we ought to be listening to, as opposed to what was written in the law of Moses. Absolutely. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 5, verse 17, that he did not come to destroy the law. Right. But that he came to fulfill it. Yes, sir. And I think that's a point that many people miss today is the fact that the law had a purpose. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to fulfill that law. Yes, sir. And then as he did, then he ushered in a new covenant, a new agreement. And it's the same thing 
uh, we use the word last will and testament today, mm -hmm. and it's the last one that a person has recorded that it will be valid. And that for us is, while he was alive, again, we've already mentioned Matthew 9, 6, mm -hmm. he had the authority to forgive sins. But when he died, then his will goes into effect. And then that is what we're bound by today is his last will or that new covenant that he established with his death on the cross. Amen. And so we have to go look for his words there and be willing to do what he said. Again, back to Luke 6, verse 46. Amen. Also along those same lines, uh, the Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he says, there was a time where God spoke to us in times past in diverse manners uh, through law and the prophets, but he says, now hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. So again, we need to we need to keep the words of Jesus in mind whenever we try to 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 come about with salvation. So again, that thief, that 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 malefactor, you know, he was blessed to be in a specific time in a specific place uh, to be hanging right next to the Lord. And notice there were two thieves there. Yes. And see, if if deathbed confession were enough, then you know, that second thief could have made it as well, but he didn't. Jesus promised that one malefactor. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, uh, again, talking about loyalty, what are people really loyal to? Uh, we see a lot of people who are very zealous when it comes to salvation, but the question is, are they zealous according to knowledge? You know, if I go back to, uh, to a passage that I love, Romans chapter 10, and uh, Paul speaking about Israel in, in beginning at verse number one, he says, it's his heart's desire and prayer that Israel might be saved. Why? For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And people, Hosea said it best. Uh, God told Hosea, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. But looking at verse number three, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. You think some people want to use that thief salvation or the thief on the cross salvation because, number one, they don't know God's word or they don't want to submit themselves to the, God, the righteousness of God because, you know, it sounds kind of personal that if, and not only personal, but self-beneficial that if I do whatever I want for as long as I want, and at the point of death, I can say, God, forgive me and, and save me. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, if we were milk cartons with an expiration date stamped on our heads, then perhaps that would work. But since we don't know when the Lord's going to call us, uh, we have to be ready. What are your thoughts? Well, I love Romans 10. That yes, is a tremendous passage because it, it describes what we already know to be true. Mm -hmm. That religious people have a tendency of having a zeal for God. Mm -hmm. And religious people have a belief that what they're doing is correct and acceptable. But as Paul expressed it, their zeal for God is not in accordance with knowledge. Mm -hmm. And life shows us very clearly that man will establish a guideline that he will live by. And be it they want to be saved like the thief on the cross, they're going to have a guideline, some type of guideline and when they're not aware or have a knowledge of God's righteousness, mm -hmm. they will seek to establish their own. They'll come up with their own rules, their own regulations, their own understanding of what the scriptures say. Amen. And they will not, in essence, then submit to the will of God. 
And that's what we face. That's why they have that love for that thief. Uh, because they read the other passages, and it's always amazing to me that as they read, you know, Mark sixteen sixteen. Yes, sir. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. They don't want to follow God's righteousness, and so they will go back and try to establish their own. And one way they do that is to go back to that thief. Do you think maybe? They listen more to the thief because they can identify more with the thief than Jesus, which is why they don't heed Jesus. That's very true. I think, you know, they have that tendency. They want to take it right up to the last minute, you know. And uh, the only problem is I don't think people really want to be saved like the thief was. Amen. You know, I don't think they want to be hung on a cross. One, they couldn't do it anyway. Right, right. Uh, they wouldn't want to be saved the same way that he was saved, but we have that tendency of we have that was you know the end the signs of the end of time. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as I don't see the signs for that end of time coming, <laughs> I don't have to change. Uh, but when it gets closer, I get to you know if he's coming at the eleventh hour, you know ten thirty, I may be thinking about it. Right, and, uh, and we need to move away from our desire. Of believing what we think. Amen. And to look for what God has said. And that's why we want to go back to according to the scriptures. Absolutely. What has God said in his word for us to do Absolutely. in the life that we live? Amen. And you know, and it's it's amazing. Jesus told us in John chapter 14, he well, he said a lot in that chapter. I love that chapter. And you know, beginning of verse one, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. But let me drop down to verse number fifteen. You know, if we believe in Jesus and we call him our Lord, he says in verse number 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus never commanded anyone to give a deathbed confession in order to be saved. Now, what commandments did he give? Well, let me, let me, before I go there, let me go to 1 John and let me look at chapter 2. And I I really want to drive home what the Bible says, the New Testament says, about obeying the commandments of Jesus Christ. If we go to 1 John chapter 2, and look, starting at verse number 3, and the Bible says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. There are a lot of people claiming to know Jesus today, but they're not doing what he says because they're relying on that deathbed confession to save them. Verse 4 says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, the Bible says, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. I don't want to be hanging on the cross like the thief. I want to be in Jesus Christ so God's love can be perfected in me. And the only way that happens is if I obey his commands. So what does Christ actually command us to do, David? Well, I want to... Look a little bit more there, First John, oh, John sure, two. It, sure. it, it's a tremendous passage. Amen. And, and I love what he has to say. I think about John, the Apostle John, being noted as the Apostle of love. Yes, sir. And I find it amazing what he said there in verse four. I know him. The one who says I know him does not keep his commandment is a liar. Amen. And the truth is not in him. Now, if we tell somebody that we're not being godly. We're not being Christ-like. Right. We're not, we're not being very loving. Right, and we're being intolerant. Intolerant, and mm-hmm. here you have the apostle of love yes, sir. telling us that if we say we love God and do not keep his commandments, we are a liar, and the truth is not in him. Mm-hmm. 
And then you drop down to verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Amen. Outstanding point. That's where we need to, to realize that if we say we love God and we want to be with him, we ought to walk like he walked. And then you go back and you look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels and how did he walk? Yes, sir. He did the will of his Father who has sent him. He always thought, sought to do his Father's will. Absolutely. Whatever the commands were, we always want to go like the lawyer. What is the greatest commandment of all? Give you me you narrow it down that, <laughs> and, and then I don't have to worry about the other ones. Just give me the one I need to really center in on. And Jesus answered that one. Absolutely. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with yes, all sir. your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor like your, uh, as yourself. Mm -hmm. But on these two, as you mentioned, uh, hang the whole law and the prophets. Right. If you love God with all of your heart, you're going to want to know what he says. One, to become his child. Right. And then two, of how to live as his child. Mm -hmm. For we can have that expectation you mentioned in, in John 14, 1. Uh, through three mm -hmm. uh, about in in heaven and in, in my father's house and many mansions if it were not so I would have told you amen uh, and I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come, come again, again to so that where I am you may be amen and the only way I can be there is as we mentioned earlier out of you know uh, John fourteen fifteen if I love God I need and must keep His commandments amen uh, that has to do with how I become a Christian mm -hmm. and so many. Again, I've talked to the individuals, and I've had them show me that uh, Mark 16, 16 is not in their Bible. <clears throat> and you look over there, and it's not in their Bible right. because it's been cut out. <laughs> I mean, literally cut out. It's not there. Uh -huh. uh, and it's hard to get around it, but what he says, you know, he who believes and is baptized yes, shall be saved. He yes, didn't sir. say he who believes shall be saved. And then he needs to be baptized. Right. And it, it's a sad commentary when we have very uh, a lot of religious people, even some within the Lord's church, well, that are saying it's not necessary for one to be baptized for the remission of their sins. Amen. I mean, that gets back to what Christ commanded. You you mentioned Mark 16, 16. Uh, and, and before I go into more detail on that, let me go back to uh, 1 John chapter 2. Uh, verse 6, you brought out an excellent point. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Now, forgive me, but I love that passage because when I look at how Jesus walked, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 3, looking at verses 13 through 17, that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now, if we're going to walk as Jesus walked, if Jesus was baptized, so must we. What happened when Jesus was baptized? The Bible says and that the, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son and whom I am well pleased. We never, this is the first time in the New Testament that we see the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost united as one at the baptism of Jesus. Now, if we're going to walk as he walked, why would we want to do a deathbed confession if Jesus himself was baptized? And if we have to do what he says, uh, now, Mark 16, 16 may be cut out of the Bible, but I wonder if Matthew 28 18, 19, and 20 are cut out. Jesus, when he arose, said, All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. And what did he tell him to do? If he has all power, what did he tell him to do? 
Go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I've commanded you. That is a commandment. That's not something that we can ignore. I wonder if John chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 are cut out saying that when the Pharisees heard that Jesus baptized more than John, but it wasn't Jesus, it was his disciples. So even when Jesus was on earth, he taught baptism. Jesus himself was baptized. When he arose from the grave, <laughs> he commanded that folks get baptized. So you can cut out all, all the Bible all you want, but that just shows your level of love for the Lord. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I, I told you, you have to excuse That's me. That's okay. But I get on this, and it's it's real hard for me to hop off of. What, what are your thoughts, sir? Well, I was just thinking as you were talking about people cutting out different passages <laughs> out of the Bible. Uh, that's a wrong understanding of having a holy Bible. <laughs> that, Amen. <laughs> that uh, There's too many passages that would have to be cut out, mm -hmm. that have to be ignored. Mm -hmm. And and again, it keeps going back to the fact, you know, at over in, that, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, after the day of Pentecost, Yes, sir. After Peter took a great deal of time to show that this Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, mm -hmm. and he is the one who was prophesied in the scriptures, and that they who were listening to Peter had crucified the Son of God on the tree. And they asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there's again that obedience to God's Word. You see it in Jesus all the way through His life, mm -hmm. that self-sacrifice. Uh, I think about Philippians 2 and verse 5 through 11. Yes, sir. Uh, Jesus, not thinking equality with God a thing to be grasped, but was mm -hmm. willing to empty Himself and to take on the form of a servant. If Jesus, as the Son of God, submitted himself to the will of the Father, mm -hmm. why do I believe that I do not have to do the same thing? Amen. That I do not have to submit to the will of the Father. Amen. And his will is clearly stated. And again, unless we keep those different dispensations in mind, mm -hmm. uh, and as we read them to understand where they fall, that we're going to miss what it is God wants us to do. Amen. And again, they take the thief because he's the last one they can pick on. Uh, they don't take anyone before that. It's that one, but that's the defining point, that they're at the cross. That's where Jesus' blood was shed Amen. for our sins. Amen. And then after that, as we looked in Hebrews 9, 15 through 17, when he was alive, he, he was free to do as he wanted. The will was not in effect. Right. But when the will went into effect, that's right. That's what we're bound by. Amen. We don't have any. We cannot alter it. We cannot change it. And we must agree with it if we want to please God. Amen. And we have to move from wanting to do our own righteousness, which is nice because if I have my choice, then I want to do some things and not have to make some changes. Amen. But I cannot do that as one who wants to be a servant of God. Amen. I have to do the will of the Father and obey Him. Absolutely. You know, the Bible tells us in Revelation 20, if we start looking at from verses 10 all the way down through verse uh, 15, I, I don't have time to, to go ahead and quote all of that, but the gist of it is this. Uh, 
a man is going to stand before God in the day of judgment and give an account for everything that he has done in this life. And, you know, so everyone's going to receive a righteous reward, whether it be good or whether it be evil, but it would be a righteous reward because it's one that they've earned. Notice what the Hebrew writer says. We can't get away from the book of Hebrews for some reason. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 2, verses 2 and 3, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So again, Jesus is the one that actually tells us what, how it is to be saved. And if we neglect his words that lead to salvation, how, how should we escape our punishment for being disobedient? And so uh, I'll, I'll, let me give you 60 seconds to, to, to chime in on that one, and then we've got to wrap things up. I love the discussion, but we've got to end. We've got to end it. Uh, verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 2. Yes, sir. He goes on that God bore witness with the signs and the miracles testifying about Jesus being his son and that we need to listen to him. Amen. And so we have that confirmation that God agreed with what Jesus was teaching. And if we want to be pleasing to him, we need to agree with what Jesus was had taught in his scriptures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brother David, as always, it is an honor, sir, to have you on the broke program. I know we're going to work together some more because uh, you know, we just work so well and I have such a great time. I want to end with this passage that's coming from Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. Notice what the Bible says in verses 7 through 9. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. See, the New Testament tells us that Christ requires us to be baptized for the forgiveness or the pardon of our sins so we can be saved. It did not take effect till after his death, and the thief did not come under the New Testament as we do today because he died. He was given the promise of paradise before Christ actually died, bringing the New Testament into effect. My name is Mike Crosby. We look forward to seeing you again on another edition of According to the Scriptures. Let's make sure that everything that we say and everything that we do is in accordance with what the Lord Jesus Christ has said, what he has done, and what his will and purpose is for us. You all have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you till we meet again next time. We want to thank you at this time for watching our broadcast. If you would like copies of our materials on either CD or DVD, feel free to contact us at the phone number and email address at the bottom of your screen. We hope this has been very helpful for you, and if there's anything that we can do to help you in your spiritual walk, feel free to contact us. My name is Mike Crosby. May God bless you as we continue to walk according to the scriptures. Take care.